All right. Well, this is good. Wonderful. Well, it is, an, it is the year 2023. Can't believe that we've turned another chapter, another year in our lives. And I am grateful to uh, share the Word of God with you uh, this morning as we begin this new year. Uh, it's time to ask the questions, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this year count? How am I going to maybe make a change or make a difference in this new year? Well, I hope this morning to really encourage you today to simply, one thing, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus with all your heart. Whatever goals or ambitions that you may have for this new year, I hope and pray that you would put Jesus and his word in the center of everything that you do. So we've just completed a series over this Christmas season, looking uh, at the first chapter of the Gospel of John, learning together that Jesus is the light of the world. And so I want to continue uh, on in the first chapter of John, um, looking at the last nine verses of when Jesus started to call his disciples to follow him. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn to John chapter 1? We're going to look, start in verse 43. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Um, you can uh, use the pew uh, Bible in the pew back in front of you. Turn to page, I think it's 886 there, and you'll uh, start there in John chapter 1 and look at verse 43. Now, this is the account when Jesus called Philip and Nathaniel to follow him. I love this account because it shows the authentic and real encounter with Jesus. Sometimes I, I try to imagine what it would be like to be there, to see this happen between Philip and then also Nathaniel. And I would encourage you, as you hear this account, this story, try to relate to one of the two disciples. Are, are you more like Philip? Are you more like Nathaniel? So before we begin to read uh, verses 43 through 51, I want to pray and pray that God would just really touch our hearts with his word and encourage us this morning to live and to follow, follow him. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that, God, you've given us your very word so that we can know the instructions of life to knowing how to live for you and not just for ourselves. So I pray, Father, this morning that, God, you would speak to us, speak to each one here this morning through your word, helping them to grow and to live for you. Father, may the meditations of my heart and the words that come from my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me read verse 43 through 51. It says, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Well, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, Philip said to him, come and see. Well, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to Jesus, How do you know me? Well, Jesus answered him, 
Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Amen. Thanks be to God to his word. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What was Philip and the other disciples really committing to when they heard the words from Jesus, follow me? Well, Jesus said those simple words of follow me to his disciples when he first met them. He states in, it states in Matthew chapter four, Jesus called out to the basic, hard-working fisherman and said to him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Meaning, you're no longer gonna catch fish with your nets, but you're gonna catch men with the, the message of the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. He said to Matthew, who was sitting at a tax booth, follow me. And Matthew, a tax collector, rose up and followed Jesus. Also, Jesus spoke the words, follow me, to a rich ruler who wanted to know what it must, what he wanted to know, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And listen what he says to this rich ruler. In Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 18, it says, and a ruler asked him, asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, well, all these I've kept from my youth. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus' calls to follow him is for all people. It doesn't matter what background you come from. Jesus has no prejudice to those he calls to follow him. But he does require complete devotion to him. There cannot be other things that would distract or take away from following Jesus. And it's not a following to just to add to your reputation or just to be a part of your life that makes you a better person. No, the following of Jesus. Jesus is calling those to follow him with their whole life. Jesus is calling to those to put him, him in the center of their life and that he would affect all areas of their life. Your money, your time, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your motivations, everything would be affected by Jesus when you follow him. Christ's truth, his teachings and ways would affect what you do, what you speak, completely aligning yourself to the ways of Jesus. That's following Jesus. And so I think about, I think about in Matthew chapter eight, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter eight in the gospel of Matthew. 
Look at here, and this is interesting. In Matthew chapter eight, when a scribe came to Jesus and the scribe said, teacher, in Matthew chapter eight, verse 18, I think it's in verse 18, I didn't actually mark it here, but I, I remember the story. Matt, teacher, he said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said a very bold statement to this scribe. He said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus knew the heart of the scribe. The scribe was hoping to gain fame or good reputation, prominence in society by following this good teacher, Jesus. But in actuality, Jesus was calling people the opposite. No fame, no prominence, no place in society, maybe even a place where you couldn't even lay your head. There's a greater purpose to following Jesus than any personal gain. It's about a life being used for the creator God's plan, for the glory and worship of God alone. So let's look back at John chapter one, this calling of Philip and Nathaniel. Philip hears the words from Jesus, follow me. So what does it mean exactly? Well, as we hear, it, it means a complete surrendering of their life and of your life if you follow Jesus to the plan and to the will of Jesus Christ as master, as Lord of your life. I want to look at what Jesus said to his disciples after he told his disciples that he must suffer many things, be killed, but raised on the third day. Peter did not like what Jesus had to say and said to Jesus, this would never happen. But Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Look at Matthew chapter 16. And this is what I wanted to look at. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 23, where he told Peter this, where Peter was upset that Jesus would say that he would suffer and die. And he said, but he turned, but Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Verse 24 of Matthew 16. And then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Forever who would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? I think the first step to following Jesus is to deny yourself. To deny self is the first step in following Jesus. Just as Jesus said to Peter, for you are not setting your mind on the things above, the things of God. You're setting your mind on the things of man. This is not denying yourself of what Peter was doing. He was focused on the here and now, looking down rather than looking up. Following Jesus is a trusting in God's plan and his ways, which many times are different. Many times don't align of like what we normally think it should be like. 
It's truly trusting in God's ways that sometimes are mysterious. The second part in following Jesus is it says there in Matthew 16, deny yourself and take up your cross. So what does that mean, take up your cross? It emphasizes the denying of yourself part of following Jesus. To take up your cross means that you are willing to die to self, what you desire, what you want, and identify with Jesus, even to death, like a criminal carrying his cross to his own execution, just like Jesus did, that we would be more like Jesus. You know, also, in those days, in the Bible days, a criminal carrying his cross was a tactically admitting that the Roman Empire was correct in executing its death sentence on that particular person. Similarly, when we take up our cross, we're saying, Jesus, you have right over my life. We're admitting that his right is the way over our lives. So God, you would say, God, you have your right to do whatever you want to do in my life. To follow Jesus is to say, whatever comes in my life, I know your plan is the best. I follow you, Jesus. That's what it means to take up your cross, allowing him and his right and his truth to be over your life. And in so doing, one would find life in return for having given it up to Jesus Christ. True life, abundant life, as it says in John 10.10, that Jesus offers each one of us. And it's not a life that we think that we should be gaining material things and, and blessing and everything is good and everything is perfect. No, it's to really experience God's presence, his counsel, and sometimes conviction of sin through the Holy Spirit for our betterment, to refine us, to make us the men and women of God that he's created us to be through the Holy Spirit. As it states there in Matthew 16, look at that in verse 25 again, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, for Jesus' sake, will find it find real, true life that doesn't compare to whatever this world could ever give. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And this is what Philip was moving towards when he accepted that invitation from Jesus to follow him. And I wanna say Jesus is here today and saying, follow me. The message from the word of God, the Bible, is follow me, follow Jesus. Will you deny yourself? Will you take up your cross and follow Jesus into this new year of 2023? Well, let's go back to John chapter one. And look at these verses, verse 44 through 46. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and, and, and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come, come and see. You know, I love reading this account 
where it seems that Philip gets so excited and telling Nathanael about finding Jesus. He goes over to Nathanael proclaiming that they found him, found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote about. And it's true. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses spoke about the Messiah in the law. And all the way back in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, the heart of the scriptures was God's plan to undo the work of the serpent, the Satan, through the Messiah, the anointed one of God to come. And Christ would deliver the fatal blow, the crush to the head of Satan that those who would believe can overcome. The prophets foretold Christ's coming. And we're reminded about this in this Christmas season where we heard just, you know, in our Christmas Eve service from Isaiah chapter seven and Matthew chapter one, where it wrote, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Philip was remembering all of these promises from God's word and now seeing it face to face in the person of Jesus. I believe Philip's study and knowledge of God's law and his word was preparing Philip to see Jesus for all of who he was and is. That is why he was so excited to tell Nathaniel. And I want to tell you this morning, that is why it is so important to read and study God's word. You will see and encounter the living God when you read and study the Bible. It, it will come alive when you start connecting the dots of God's redemptive story. And this is maybe a little plug for you to be a part of that class that's coming up here of understanding the redemptive story from beginning to end of the scriptures. The God of the Bible is a God who truly loves us, is merciful. He restores his people. And Philip saw that all in Jesus. And it's interesting that Nathaniel was not as convinced or he was somewhat doubting on who Jesus of Nazareth was. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, Nathaniel said. And I love Philip's response. He says, come, come and see. That is the invitation for all of us and for you this morning. Come and see. Read God's word, his very words to you. Pray to God. Talk to him. Ask God to reveal himself to you. He is here. Come and sing. Worship to God. He wants to connect with you and extend his hand and, and says, follow me. Follow me. God loves you and he has a plan for your life and that he's designed from the very beginnings of time for you to live for him. Look how Jesus calls out to Nathanael, who was first doubting what Philip was stating. Look at verse 47 of John chapter one. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, oh, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Well, Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered, Rabbi, 
You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I, saw, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Well, first Jesus states how he knew Nathaniel. And not just knowing about him, but knowing his character. Jesus said to Nathaniel, oh, that's an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no deceit. Jesus saw Nathaniel was a true Israelite, not one who deceived or lied, but was true to God's word. And then Nathaniel asked, well, how do you know me? And Jesus, who was and is God, showed his supernatural sovereignty by stating the, the character of Nathaniel and then showed his omnipresence by stating to Nathaniel that he knew his location before Philip called him. And most likely, Jesus saw Nathaniel studying and meditating on the scriptures by himself. Because according to the Jewish tradition, that expression, to sit under a fig tree, was a euphemism for meditating on the scriptures. This was the character of Nathaniel. He, was, he studied and meditated on the scriptures. So Jesus' supernatural knowledge moved Nathaniel to Jesus as the son of God, the king of Israel. And then Jesus then says to Nathaniel, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Oh, you will see greater things than these. And the disciples would, and they, they, the disciples really would see greater things than these. They would see miraculous healings by Jesus. The blind would see, the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, the dead would rise to life. They would even see their very Lord and Master rise to life. And they would also experience the deep teachings on the kingdom of God. They would hear from Jesus the call to love your enemies. They would hear it proclaimed that the greatest commandment out of all the commandments was to love God and to love people. They would hear that you would experience tribulations. You're going to have hardships in this life. But he, Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world, and they too can overcome. And he spoke about a peace, a peace that not that the world gives, but a peace that he gives alone. However, I think one of the most beautiful things in this interaction between Jesus and Nathaniel is that he said to him, I saw you, Nathaniel. God knows and sees us. We are valued by God. Even before we were born, God saw our unformed body and has a plan and purpose for your lives. Do you know this? Do you know that God sees you? He knows everything about you, even all the things that maybe you think you keep in secret that are not good. He knows you. And he also knows the times when you feel sad and low and hurt. He sees you. You may not feel that all the time that God is near and realize it, but it's true. God sees you. I want you to hear from God's word, uh, from God's word that says uh, about you in Psalm 139. And I'm gonna have my Daughter and my son are going to read select verses 
from Psalm 139. Please listen closely and hear the very words of God stating that he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my th thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my mouth, behold, oh, oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind it before and lay your hand upon, upon me. Amen. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Amen. Thank you, guys. Did you hear the words, you know me, you formed me, you see me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, meaning that you were made with such respect and value by God. God sees you today. He sees you every day. And if you draw near, the promise from James chapter four, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Well, let's look again in John chapter one at this last verse, verse 51. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Well, Jesus was proclaiming who he was and forever will be, that he is the divine link between heaven and earth. This was a reference to the Old Testament passage Back in Genesis chapter 28, when Jacob wrestled with God and had a vision of angels of God ascending and descending on a ladder that reached to heaven. But now, the Son of Man, Jesus, is replacing the ladder with himself and is the divine link between us and him. Jesus is the mediator that allows us to be in relationship with God. Jesus proclaimed of himself that he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, and no one can come to the Father God except through him. We could not be with God on our own because of our sin. We need a mediator. Jesus is the way to God, to be forgiven of our sins and made righteous so that we can be with God now, in this life, and forever in eternity. Romans 3, verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then it goes on in verse 20, but are justified freely as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the promise that we have, that we can be justified by the grace and mercy of God as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is for you today. Come to Jesus. He's calling each one of you into this new year. Follow me. Follow Jesus. He sees you. 
He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't give in to the world's temptations of saying, this is how it is to be. No, follow God's word. Connect with God into this new year. Whatever you need to do, he is the living God and he's here with us now and forevermore. Come to him. Believe in him. He is the one that will help us to be the men and women of God he's created us to be. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for your word and just the reminder of what it means to follow you, to see, you know, Nathaniel and Philip and how they, you know, came to this understanding, this kind of crisis of belief of all that you prepared them to believe. Lord, help us to see you as you really are and that we would come and follow you with all of our hearts, not trying to, you know, just put you a part of our lives, but God, you be the center of our lives. And everything we do, everything we say, everything we put our hands to, let you be in the center of all that we do. Strengthen us as your people. Increase faith in our hearts to believe in you more, even when we don't understand everything that you're doing. But God, you're in control. We trust that. We follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Kenmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.